I'm an American. And I believe in American ingenuity and hard work, unlike my friend here, Cam Brady, who believes that everyone should live in rainbow land. Okay. I'm referring to a 13-page doctrine written by Camden Brady called Rainbow Land. I think anybody that writes about the redistribution of wealth sounds like a communist to me. Am I right? Hold on. It is the simple story of a teddy bear giving a pot of gold to a leprechaun, okay? Right. May I read from page seven? Please come with me to Rainbow Land where unicorns are made of fudge and cotton candy and everything is free. It's a fictitious place. Rainbow Land, it's fiction. I guess we're all idiots, according to Cam Brady. I didn't say that. I did not say that. Hey, hey, I do not want to live in Rainbow Land and you can't make me live in Rainbow Land. This is America. You do not have to live in Rainbow Land. You can go to Rainbow Land. It does not exist. It's a fictitious place. I was eight when I wrote it. It's, it's right here in his tradition. communist manifesto. I won't go to from the movie The Campaign, because if you watched the Wednesday night's uh, debate, the Democrat debate with the top six Democrats, the top six vying for the opportunity to go toe-to-toe with President Trump in uh, the election in November, you saw a circus, a circus, a pandemonium, just uh, the the Democrats eating their own. Uh, you know, one of my clients actually texts me, enjoy watching the, the Democrats eat their own, uh, uh, you know, uh, tonight. And, uh, of course we got, I turned on the, turned on the TV and that's exactly what they did. Exactly what they did uh, Wednesday night. It was, uh, probably the most entertaining, uh, debate I've seen in a long, long time, especially, uh, for the Democrats. Um, and then I opened up with uh, too much time on my hands from sticks and you know, uh, there's a jet fuel genius. He can solve all the world's problems without even trying. <clears throat> Is it any wonder he's not the president? So anyway, I thought that was fitting for, uh, what's going on this week. And, uh, I've got a lot to, a uh, lot to get, to, to get out this week and only an hour to do it. So let me get right to my intro. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman uh, with Summit Funding. Uh, if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are fantastic opportunities out there, rates are great, prices are good, prices values are high. So if you're uh, if you're uh, if you're 
thinking about refinancing, if, if you have uh, mortgage insurance, uh, rates are good. And uh, with the equities up, you could uh, easily get rid of your mortgage insurance. Um, and uh, rates are rates are a lot better than they've been since about 2017. Uh, if you're interested, give me a call. 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get some information, but you don't want to talk on the phone because it's so personal. Yeah, you know, I got to talk to him and he's going to ask questions. Uh, go to edhoffman.net. Scroll down a little bit to the Summit Funding logo. Click on it. That's my uh, lending page. You can put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back, and you'll hear either from my hear back either from myself or one of my talented teammates, Brian Goodman, Aaron Fredericks, Cody Bradbury, Eric Eric Marquez. I went backwards that time just to change it up, and uh, we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. And uh, if you're uh, over 62 and you're interested in getting information about one of those reverse mortgage things, if you haven't checked it out. You owe it to yourself to check it out. If you've got equity and you and you feel like you have more time left in your life than you have money, this is a great way to solve that problem. Um, if you uh, if you uh, want to follow me on Twitter, uh, my my uh, name on Twitter is at Ed Hoffman, where I current where I tweet about current events all week long, especially if there's a debate going on. Um, you can get my opinion of about every uh, every every little point in there, and you'll get a lot of that in the second half today and uh the facebook page for the main event is the main event ed hoffman facebook.com slash the main event ed hoffman um all right so i want to get through a lot but uh this week in the studio i have uh you know we're only two weeks away from uh, california primary day so it's uh, time to meet another great republican candidate for congress my guest this week is running to unseat democrat Pete Aguilar in the 31st district, which covers the cities of San Bernardino, Redlands, Rialto, in addition to parts of Highland, Rancho Cucamonga, Alta Loma, Colton, and North Fontana. Um, she's an angel mom, which she'll tell us more about, and uh, she's running on a platform of strong immigration policies. Agnes Gibney, welcome to the main event. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. So uh, I know you've appeared on Fox, Fox to talk about being an angel mom, and you've been on, actually been on TV a lot. For those of us that watch the right stations, you've been on TV a lot. Um, but for a lot of voters, this is their first time hearing from you because you've never run for office before. Tell us about yourself and your family's journey to the United States. Well, I was born in Hungary, and uh, after the Soviet Union invasion in 1956, my parents decided to escape. Unfortunately, they got caught, and uh, January of 57, they went for the border again to cross into the former Yugoslavia and were successful, so they left communism. Very good, very good, and uh, uh, and you. So you've been here since you were a baby, basically. No, actually, uh, after we remained in the refugee camp for about ten months, my father was born in Yugoslavia, so they wanted us to stay. My mother said, "No, we're going to America." They wouldn't allow us to go to the American embassy, giving three choices of South Africa, Austria, or Brazil. We ended up immigrating to Brazil, where we lived for thirteen years, trying to apply to come to uh, to immigrate to United States. And the third time, we were successful, and we immigrated here when I was sixteen. So you've had a you've had a, a picture of a lot of different countries in this world, and um, now you are a U.S. citizen. I am a very proud American citizen, and uh, I want to point out that when we immigrated here, Hungary had taken our citizenship away. So when we immigrated, I didn't find out until much later that we were here stateless, meaning we didn't belong anywhere. So this is the only citizenship that I have. And is it the only citizenship you'd want? Absolutely. I know I've, I've I've heard you speak many times, so I I know so I'm uh, I'm I'm 
queuing it up for you. So tell us about your son, Ronald Da Silva, and what happened to him in 2002. Ronald had gone over to visit his uh, two children. They were eight and ten to drop off some uh, fruit and and other stuff for the children. And uh, his girlfriend had gotten uh, they were split up, but she got uh, she didn't get home. And he was about to leave when this gang member intended to shoot his friend in the back. Uh, uh, shot my son in the arm, and the bullet traveled across his chest, uh, severing a main artery, and he died in surgery. He bled to death. And uh, and it was uh, your and it, and it was obvious. I don't know, here if you mention it, it was an illegal illegal alien that did it. An illegal gang member previously deported. How many times? At least once that I know of. And uh, and the monster that killed your son was finally deported again. Um, but you say the court process that released him from prison was an injustice. Tell us, tell us about the whole experience. Well, uh, going through the process, number one, he was going for first degree murder and the judge, uh, convinced him three times to take a plea bargain. So going from first to second degree murder, he, they, he pled down to voluntary manslaughter, got 11 years plus 10 years for using a firearm. And he had to serve 85% of that sentence. His release date was determined at at the time to June 24, 2020. Uh, because of Prop 5747 and AB 109, he was released in November of last year, and I worked incredibly hard reaching out to everybody and everyone that I could possibly that you could possibly think of to have ICE pick this guy up. And all ICE kept telling me is that they're not being notified. And I'm thinking that that just can't happen. They need to take charge. So eventually uh, they picked him. Uh, he got released on November 22nd. ERO, a division of ICE, picked him up in prison and immediately put him over the border. So this is his second deportation. So he did first degree murder and they and they they did a plea bargain to get him down to voluntary manslaughter? Yes. What was the point of that? I, I, I mean, our, I, obviously our justice system is... That's where the breakdown starts in the judicial system. Uh, to violate uh, my son's rights, uh, to, to reduce his, this crime to basically nothing was a, was a huge injustice in itself. And people, uh, people you said AB 47, AB 47. Uh, uh, Prop 4757 and AB109. Okay, so remind everybody what those are because uh, the people that aren't running for Congress, I mean, I remember, I remember the two uh, 47 and 57 from, was that two years ago? A few years ago, and basically all these bills protect criminals. And uh, criminals, they are reducing their sentences, they're reducing the intensity of the crime. If it's a felon now, it's just a misdemeanor. And uh, and these uh, the recidivism is incredibly high. These people come out of prison only to reoffend and create more victims. And it's uh, rather than so the the states the states answer to our problems is instead of uh, building more jails, let's just let people out off off you know if they, if they did something if they did something short of murder, let's just let them let's just let them out. And if they uh, and going forward, if they you know they do something like rape their wife. Or, uh, or you know, uh, commit some, you know, shoot, shoot at a, at a cop. Um, that's not they made it, made it like into misdemeanors. So hey, you get an infraction here, here you shot at me. Here I'm going to give you a misdemeanor, and uh, you don't go to jail, or you get it, you go to jail, and you just plead out. Yeah. And now it, what? Now what? Uh, New York's doing. They're not even doing, a, giving them bail. They just hey, come back at the court date. 
And most of them will not come back, and we know the process. And unfortunately, uh, I'm not saying that every illegal alien is a criminal. Uh, They are not. There's many people that are really nice, but they certainly commit a substantial amount of crimes in in this country, not just murder, uh, but rape, uh, identity theft. They take jobs of American citizens. Uh, This has to stop. Absolutely, it does. And uh, what is it that made you decide to run for office? What was it about the angel mom experience that lit a fire in you? Well, uh, for the three months that uh, after I got the letter from the president stating that he was going to be released, I was so at, at the end, I was so emotionally, mentally and physically drained. I got really sick. And afterwards, I thought, okay, what can I do more? I'll start a group uh, to really help angel uh, families. Uh, to go through the legal process and see if I can help like I did in my case. And uh, then I thought, now I need to go on a national level. I, this needs to start from the top because that's where the corruption starts. And besides that, I wanted to be a voice and for President Trump and protect him and uh, uh, defend him in, 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 the, in Congress. And I, I just want to bring integrity back to the halls of Congress. Yeah, I think uh, President Trump's really the only one that's done Anything more than lip service for, yes, for the whole illegal alien, illegal alien. Uh, I hate to say the illegal alien uh, for the problem of illegal. Yeah. You know, the the Democrats seem to think illegal aliens are no problem. Hey, we're bringing nice people into this country, and and they're looking for help, and we're helping them. Um, but I think uh, I think you know as probably better than most that that's not the case. Correct. So you've been endorsed by Americans for legal immigration, which is great. But you got an even better stamp of approval in November when you appeared on Fox and Friends. And uh, Donald Trump tweeted, Agnes, your great boy Ronald is looking down and very proud of you. So, uh, you know, you got Donald Trump and I understand you uh, got something else this morning. I sure did. I am very honored and proud to announce that I was just endorsed by Ted Nugent. If we and we all know Ted Nugent, Cat, Cat Scratch Fever, and uh, lots of other uh, songs, and he's a he's a strong he's a strong Republican, gun rights and hunting and all that stuff. He's a uh, he's very he's a very outspoken rocker. Uh, lives in Texas, so uh, and I understand uh, you've actually com- campaigned with President Trump. I campaigned several times with President Trump. Have been to the White House a couple of times, and he is just the nicest man you could uh, possibly want to meet. Any more you want to expand on that? I want to say that uh, it is not fair what uh, 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 Congress is doing to President Trump. Uh, the, the witch hunt, the prosecution, the Mueller report, the uh, Russian collusion, now this impeachment. Uh, it, it is a disgrace, and we need to help President Trump, and we need to vote Trump 2020 or socialism. And socialism is not an option because my family fled socialism. If you think it's good, go live in a socialist country for a year and then come back and tell me how good it is. Yeah, exactly. And that's the problem is, is once you convert, they say you can vote your way into socialism, but you have to shoot your way out. That's right. And of course, they'll take away the guns, which, uh, which they do. So you can't fight back, and it's a lot harder to do it. Ah, oh, well, I'll just buy one on the internet. Yeah, that won't happen if uh, if we uh, let the Democrats have their have their way. So let's talk about some of your positions. You want to reduce spending and the deficit. You're uh, for congressional term limits, which Lord knows we need. And you've got a plan to address homelessness. What will you fight for in the 31st district? I want to fight uh, for my district and uh, 
finding a solution for homelessness, supporting our veterans. And I know homelessness is a very uh, a big uh, issue. Cut all these organizations uh, that funded by the government to figure out how to take care of homelessness. They have done nothing, collecting big salaries and the homelessness issue has gotten a lot bigger. We need to help them for the ones that are uh, drug addicted. We need to help them uh, with, uh, with with medical treatment, the mentally ill, uh, to put them in a, a right place and to find them jobs, give them integrity, give them something to look forward to, not just give them a handout, treat them with respect. I also, uh, I want to defend our second amendment rights, even though my son was killed with a gun. I support 100% our Second Amendment rights, our veterans, law enforcement. I am school choice. Uh, I am putting men and women of America first. But uh, mainly, I want to be your congresswoman and have an open door policy. And you can bring your issues to me, and I'll do anything and everything to try to solve it. Well, I know I have your I have your cell phone number, so uh, believe me, I'll uh, I'll keep that I'll keep that handy. Please uh, do. After you get elected in uh, in November, um, let's talk about your opponent for a minute. Uh, you said Democrats like uh, Pete Aguilar are victimizing illegal aliens for their own political gain, which I absolutely agree with. Um, Aguilar has voted has a voting record to prove it. Let's look at how he's voted on every immigration bill in the last uh, last five years. Border security Border Security and Immigration Reform Act 2018 no. Securing America's Future Act of night of 2018 no. Criminal Alien Gang Member Removal Act no. No Sanctuary for Criminal Act no. Kate's Law no. Anti-Border Corruption Reauthorization Act of 2017 no. Enforce the Law for Sanctuary Cities Act, no. Department of Homeland Security Appropriations Act of 2015, no. That's a whole lot of no's for protecting Americans. Now here's what Aguilar has voted yes on. Humanitarian Standards for Individuals in Customs and Border Protection Custody Act, yes. Condemning President Trump's racist comments directed at members of Congress, yes. Emergency Supplemental Appropriations for Humanitarian Assistance and Security at the Southern Border Act, 2019, yes. American Dream and Promise Act of 2019. Yes. Your reactions? I'm outraged, and people ought to be outraged. You need to start paying attention to what your Congress, what your local congressmen and congresswomen are doing. When he or she starts defending and protecting those that should never be in our country, something is very wrong. What about defending and protecting citizens and, and, and local residents? We don't owe illegal aliens anything. They're costing taxpayers uh, dollars, billions with a B of dollars a year in, in all kinds of benefits uh, from schooling, from medical, low-income housing. Now our California governor wants to give them uh, social security for the elderly. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm not kidding you. I, is this is this is an embarrassment. You know what? In a real socialist country, these uh, people, their uh, congressmen and congresswomen, they are going against their own government. They would be shot and killed, exactly. or, or or be in prison. They don't know what they're talking about. It, it is it, it is a disgrace, and I'm very offended because I. My family suffered the ultimate price. My son paid with his life because of Pete Aguilar's open border policies and protection for illegal aliens and protection for criminals, for gang member removal act. Are you kidding me? That should be a no-brainer. You remove the, the, uh, the, the, the wrong 
kind of people from our country. When you are when you immigrate here, you you have to go to a full background investigation, full medical to make sure you you have good moral standing, good moral character. These people have none of that, and we're protecting them. Exactly, and I and I'm I'm enthused by your your passion for this because I I. I listen to to politicians over and over and over, and I just don't feel like they have a passion for what, oh, I want to go do this, and I want to go do that. But really, they just really want to have the money. They're going to, hey, I don't have to go to a job. I have to go in and listen to people talk and then vote here and there. And every now and then, I got to sit in a committee, which I go in, and we have lunch, and we and we talk about things, and, and we really don't get much done. And I get a big salary. And, uh, and I think when Trump says we need to drain the swamp, that's part of it. We need to replace those swamp creatures with people like you that have a, a passion for passion for what needs to change in this country. And coming from a coming from a, another country, I think you have uh, a very good uh, pers- perspective on this. I want to honor Americans. I want to put Americans first. Exactly. And I hope I win everyone's vote and support me on my candidacy because I'm working for you. Thank you. And a lot of the people in uh, Congress don't realize, hey, you work for me. You don't, you don't, you're not my king. Uh, we're your king. Uh, you appeared on Fox and Friends again this week where you blasted LA, LA's Mayor Eric Garcetti and the chief of police. Let's hear some of that. Agnes, it's one thing for Democrats to look the other way. It's another thing for a mayor to stand in front of the camera with their uh, chief of police there saying, here's how you avoid police and we're going to help you do just that. How do you overcome that sentiment? It's, it's they both ought to be arrested. Number one, the chief of police uh, is only agreeing with the mayor because uh, he's afraid to lose his contract and be fired. And Garcetti ought to be arrested. He he is not. He's saying he's uh, pr- uh, protecting the immigrant community. Well, the immigrant community has no fears or concerns about Trump's policy. What Garcetti is refusing to say is he's protecting illegal aliens, those that commit crimes. And I'm not saying that every illegal alien commit crimes, but they commit a significant number of crimes yeah because if the illegal aliens aren't committing crimes the cops aren't going to aren't going to approach them they only approach them when they commit crimes and that's who they're protecting right and and, you know i have been to many different prisons to do victim impact statements and almost every single one of them the majority of the uh, inmates are latinos Exactly. So, and how many of them are illegals? We don't. Uh, this state does not keep stats on how many are illegals. Years and years ago, my husband was a retired deputy chief of El Monte Police Department, where my son was murdered. Years ago, police could identify, could uh, pull over anybody, and ask for an ID. Now, police can't even do their job because we're protecting uh, illegal aliens. This is insanity. This has to stop. Absolutely, it does. And uh, and we need we need more people like you in Congress to uh, passionately push for common sense. Hey, what what is this country about? Um, we got a few. We got a couple of minutes left. Um, let's talk about some uh, some of the data from from ICE and some and some of it from the Center of Immigration Studies in L.A. County. Uh, 100 criminal illegal aliens a day are released back into the general public without notification to ICE agents. Roughly 80% of illegal aliens freed by sanctuary jurisdictions go on to commit more crimes against Americans. Sanctuary city laws in California alone are responsible for at least 5,000 crimes committed by criminal illegal illegal aliens who are released by local authorities. 
It's crazy. I ask uh, everyone listening, you don't have to live in my district to support me. I'm a grassroots candidate. Please visit my page, www.agnesgibbony.com. That's A-G-N-E-S-G-I-B-B-O-N-E-Y.com. Please donate no matter how much or how little. Uh, help me uh, unseat Pete Aguilar. Put me in office and you're going to have the, the best representation you've ever had because I will work just as diligently for you as I worked in my own case to get my son's murder removed from our country. Yeah. And for those of you that are living in these districts, <clears throat> share share Agnes's uh, name with them because, you know, I think about uh, Agnes. How many people do I know named Agnes? I remember uh, Agnes Moorhead who played uh, <laughs> Bewitched uh, Mom. Uh, and when I was a kid and, uh, now I think you're the first Agnes since then. Uh, so they're going to look at their ballot and go, ah, Pete Aguilar, that's a familiar name, but Agnes Gibney, uh, who's she? So you guys that hear it spread, keep her name on the tip of your tongues. Hey, vote for Agnes, vote for Agnes, vote for Agnes. If you're in San Bernardino or Rialto or Fontana, Rancho Cucamonga, Alta Loma, did I leave any out? Redlands, Loma Linda, Redlands, uh, Loma Linda. Harris. They're very good. Hey. Agnes, good luck. I think you have. I think. I think you're going to get the whole the whole uh, district behind you. I'm behind you for 100. percent Thank you so much. All right. So uh, I'm all out of time for this uh, fr- first half of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes commercials, traffic, weather, and sports, and I'll be right back with you. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and financing on the radio because you may not know that you're in the market, so you might think it's boring. But if you have a house and you want to refinance it, if you have a piece of property you'd like to buy, if uh, if you're over 62 and uh, you'd like to learn more about that uh, reverse mortgage thing everybody's talking about, you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net, click on the Summit Funding logo, put in as much information you want to give me, tell me how much information you want back, and we will call you. Uh, I open up with uh, Cat Scratch Fever from Ted Nugent in honor of uh, Agnes Gibney, uh, who was on in the first half since uh, Ted is uh, endorsing her. Uh, as of this morning, uh, we're uh, go ahead and give uh, Ted a little uh, give a little Ted music on there. So uh, so let's talk about let's talk about what everything that's happening this week. And the big talk was the uh, the Democrat uh, uh, debate on Wednesday night. The six highest polling Democrat candidates gathered to debate in Las Vegas ahead of the Nevada caucus, which is uh, tomorrow. Uh, if you happen to be listening to my podcast on Friday night. It's today if you're listening on the radio on Saturday morning. Um, the nicest way to describe describe what we saw Wednesday night was a, a dumpster fire, which is uh, apparently the politically correct way to say a uh, uh, you know a uh, excrement show. Um, and uh, you know what? Uh, 
it was a big it was a big gang fight against uh, Mike Bloomberg. Let me uh, give, give you just a little taste of that. Democrats take a huge risk if we just substitute one arrogant billionaire for another. I think we need something different than Donald Trump. I don't think you look at Donald Trump and say we need someone richer in the White House. When Mayor Bloomberg was busy blaming African-Americans and Latinos for the housing crash of 2008, I was right here in Las Vegas, literally just a few blocks down the street holding hearings on the banks that were taking away homes. The reason the stop and frisk change is because Barack Obama sent moderators to see what was going on. The policy was abhorrent, and it was, in fact, a violation of every right people have. The language he used is about stop and frisk. It's about how it turned out. Now, this isn't about how it turned out. This is about what it was designed to do to begin with. You need a different apology Senator, here, thank Mr. you. Everyone up here has released their tax returns, Mayor. I think, and it is a major issue because the president of the the United States has been hiding behind his tax returns. I hope you heard what his defense was. I've been nice to some women. <laughs> that just doesn't cut it. We are not going to beat Donald Trump with a man who has who knows how many non-disclosure agreements and the drip, drip, drip of stories of women saying they have been harassed okay. and discriminated against. Maybe we should also ask how Mayor Bloomberg in 2004 supported George W. Bush for president. The idea that you're able to have a capital gains tax that you pay at the rate of 20 percent if you are in the if you're if you are Mike Bloomberg or whomever it has a whole lot of money and someone else is paying at, a, your, your staffer is paying at, at, at 25% is wrong. If we're going into the election of our lives against a president who rose to power by cynically exploiting the frustration of ordinary Americans feeling like leaders weren't speaking to them, then I think that turning to someone like Mayor Bloomberg, who thinks he can buy this election, is no better a way to succeed than turning to somebody like Senator Sanders, who wants to burn the house down. Yeah, I think uh, everybody was ganged up on Bloomberg. They're they're mad at him because he sat out the first uh, the first four contests. He's popped up in this debate, but he's not even on the ballot in Nevada or or uh, South Carolina. He's not on the ballot until Super Tuesday, which is March third which is uh, coming up um, a week from Tuesday, a week from this Tuesday, when uh, California is, is uh, included in that this time. Uh, that got moved up, so we actually have, a, have some candidates to vote for. Used to be, used to be that um, by the time that California voted, half the field was, had dropped out, which will probably be right after Super Tuesday, but at least we get to vote with more people on the ballot that are still in the race. So, uh, but it was, it was, it was ugly. It was fun. You know, it was probably the most entertaining debate I've seen, uh, certainly in the last year. Uh, it was quite enjoyable to watch uh, one of my uh, to to watch the Democrats eat their own. So uh, Warren start. Let's go start with with the beginning. Warren uh, Elizabeth Warren started things off by coming in hot against Bloomberg, who's persona non grata right now because the rest of the, uh, with the rest of the candidates for skipping the first the first. Well, it says the first two primaries, but I don't think he's in Nevada or. South Carolina either, from what I understand. But anyway, since she knew uh, Bernie would have the uh, he's a evil billionaire thing covered, she focused on what else? Sexism. 
I'd like to talk about who we're running against. A billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. The mayor has to stand on his record. And what we need to know is exactly what's lurking out there. He has gotten some number of women, dozens, who knows, to sign non-disclosure agreements, both for sexual harassment and for gender discrimination in the workplace. So, Mr. Mayor, are you willing to release all of those women from those non-disclosure agreements so we can hear their side of the story? We have a very few non-disclosure agreements. Uh, how many Let is that? Let me finish. How many is that? None of them accuse me of doing anything other than maybe they didn't like the joke I told. Yeah, I can think of a whole bunch of people that uh, told an inappropriate joke uh, that no longer have their jobs. Let's see, uh, Eric Bowling at Fox, uh, Bill O'Reilly, um, Matt Lauer um, at uh, wherever he was, NBC, CBS, whichever one. I think there's a whole bunch of them out there. Little, uh, little inappropriate jokes. Well, he didn't like a joke I told. Like, hey, baby, let's go home and uh, jump in the hay. So anyway, uh, so he was he went on to discuss his non-disclosure agreements. Joe Biden jumped in trying to say, hey, all you got to do is just release these things. Just say it on TV. And the mayor comes along and his attorney say, I will give you this amount of money if you promise you'll never say anything. That's how it works. Mayor Bloomberg, final word to you. I said we're not going to get to end these agreements because they were made consensually and they have every right to expect that they will stay private if they want to release it they should be able to release can themselves I add, can I add a word say to yes yeah all you got to do is say yes right here on tv that i release you from it you know and uh mayor bloomberg clearly wasn't prepared for how to handle this said uh well you know uh, they have every right to believe these will stay private well every right to believe like it was protecting them I don't think that's the concern because I'll bet you, you guys, you paid them a whole bunch of money to sign these things. And uh, it's really to protect you from anybody finding out who you really are. But, uh, you know, boys will be boys, as my wife would say, you know, boys will be boys. And uh, and like I said, uh, when uh, Trump got caught on the hot mic, guys are guys. And when they're around, when they're around uh, other other in, in different environments, they say different things. And when it's all just guys in there and they're all talking locker room talk, and they all do at certain times, um, no matter who it is, uh, that's, you know, boys will be boys. So anyway, just about the only thing everyone could agree on besides that they hate Donald Trump was that they also hate Mike Bloomberg. Everyone seems to agree Bloomberg had an awful night with the exception of a few good lines in his back and forth with Bernie Sanders. We're not going to throw out capitalism. We tried that. Other countries tried that. It was called communism and it just didn't work. Let's talk about democratic socialism, not communism, Mr. Bloomberg. That's a cheap shot. Let's talk about democratic. Let's talk about what goes on in countries like Denmark, where Pete correctly pointed out they have a much higher quality of life in many respects than we do. What a wonderful country we have. The best known socialist in the country happens to be a millionaire with three houses. What I miss here? Well, you'll miss that I work in Washington, House 1. That's the first problem. Live in Burlington, House 2. That's good. And like thousands of other Vermonters, I do have a summer camp. Forgive me for that. Where is your home? Which tax 
Which tax haven New do you York, have your home? New York City, thank you very much. Yeah, well, and I pay all my taxes. And I'm happy to do it because I get something for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, lots of people have, have vacation homes. I have two of them. But you know what? I work. That's the difference between me and Bernie Sanders is I work. And I don't suggest that anybody take, uh, I don't I don't go out there and say, hey, I should pay more taxes. So uh, because, you know, the poor people don't pay any taxes. The people, you know, 47 percent of the people in the country don't pay any taxes. Well, you know, I have my taxes taken out of my check every week. Yeah. But at the end of the year, you paid in a total of uh, of three thousand bucks and you got six thousand dollars back. That means you got that you're taking from the trough while every while the rest of us are putting in. Well, you and a whole bunch of people are taking from the trough while the rest of us are, are putting in. And then we have to put in more at the end of the year. So uh, I know that uh, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining about how much tax I pay. I'm complaining that anybody gets to pay zero or anybody has to pay 50%. There should be no one pay 50% and there should be nobody paying zero. You know, if you make a little bit, you pay 10% of it. No, you make 10 bucks, throw in a dollar. As a uh, as a uh, uh, Ben Carson says, hey, God asked for ten percent. The government shouldn't shouldn't uh, expect to get any any more than God does. And uh, you know, and the the, but I say I've got a I've got a summer I've got a summer. Well, you know, Don and I don't have uh, homes where we get away from the weather. We go to the weather. So we have a our place in Mammoth that we go in the wintertime so we can so we can be where the snow is. And then the summertime we have a place at the river where it's hot, hot, hot. But it's close to Lake Mojave, and we've got a boat there, so as well as a pool. So we we cha- we don't run away from the from the weather; we run to the weather. So uh, um, let me see what else did he cover in there that I wanted to make a comment on. So let's go on. Bernie's attack on Bloomberg continued when Chuck Todd asked this. So Senator Sanders, what did you mean that you don't think they should I'll exist? Tell you what, I mean. what did that mean? We have a grotesque and immoral distribution of wealth and income. Mike Bloomberg owns more wealth than the bottom 125 million Americans. That's wrong. That's immoral. That should not be the case. And we cannot continue seeing a situation where in the last three years, billionaires in this country saw an $850 billion increase in their wealth. Congratulations, Mr. Bloomberg. But the average American last year saw less than a 1% increase in his or her income. That's wrong. Mayor Bloomberg, should you exist? Well, I think his numbers are probably uh, not realistic. Uh, You know, billionaires saw $850 billion. You know what? If you've got a billion dollars, it's easy to make it go up. And especially if you've got... And and let's talk about... uh, Let's talk about age, age and net worth. Um, let's talk about net worth right now. Michael Bloomberg, uh, Michael Bloomberg's net worth is reported to be sixty-two point eight billion dollars. All right, he's uh, he could uh, he could buy Trump ten uh, six times. Uh, the next highest is Elizabeth Warren with eight million dollar eight million dollar net worth. Uh, Bernie Sanders is next with two million. Well, Bernie's never had a job. He's never had a job except for being a mayor of a city and a and a congressman and a senator. And uh, if you if you know his whole life story, he's really he's really a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's a bum. He's never he's never worked. He's never been uh, ne- never had a realistic job. And uh, he basically hooks up with women that support him. Uh, must be he must really be good in bed apparently. Uh, Amy Klobuchar she's also worth two million. Uh, Joe Biden 
comes in at 900,000, which surprises me. But, you know, think about this when we talk about Ukraine. If you're work, worth 900,000, which is probably just equity in his house, but then, and his wife's the doctor, so um, I'm surprised it's that low. But if, you're, uh, if you are a, uh, of course, he probably doesn't report the funds that come in through Ukraine. So if you're, if you're only worth 900,000 in your, in your lifelong, lifelong uh, accumulation of wealth, I guess having your son get a million dollars a year through uh, money laundering through Ukraine and he kicks back to his dad probably means a lot. So anyway, uh, and then uh, the last in line is Pete Buttigieg, which uh, his net worth is 100000 100000 100000 So if he sold his house and his cars and everything he owns and cash in his 401k, he's worth 100000 this guy wants to run the country. I hate to discriminate just because the guy doesn't have money, but you know what? There's something that there's some wisdom that's come from raising kids, which he hasn't, and from running a business, accumulating wealth, making uh, mistakes, making good decisions, making bad decisions. I think uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, doesn't qualify. So anyway, let's talk about ages. Ages here, so just keep everything in perspective. Bernie Sanders is going to be 79 in September. Uh, Joe Biden is going to be 78 in November. Mike Bloomberg just turned 78. Remember how old was uh, was was uh, John McCain when they're saying he's too old? I think he was going to be 72 if he would have won uh, the first election against Barack Obama. He would have been 72, and they're worried he's not going to live to the end of his term. Elizabeth Warren is going to be 71 in June. Um, Amy Klobuchar will be uh, 60 in May, so she's just a little older than me. And uh, Pete Buttigieg just turned 38 in January. He's a baby. He's he's not qualified. Besides the fact that he looks like the the kid in uh, elementary school and junior high that everybody wants wants to beat up just because he looks like a nerd. So anyway, uh, but you know that's the uh, that's that keep that in perspective when we're talking about this stuff. Um, let me see. Where did I leave off? Um, so Bernie doesn't like billionaires. <clears throat> he might be the front runner now, but he's, he's the only one who, uh, who literally had a heart attack during the campaign. And since it happened the last time he was in Nevada, it was fair game to ask him about it. Well, that, and the fact that he won't release his medical records. Many Democrats, including most of you on stage, have criticized President Trump for his lack of transparency. But Senator Sanders, when you were here in Las Vegas in October, you were hospitalized with a heart attack. Afterwards, you pledged to make, quote, all your medical records public. You've released three letters from your doctors, but you now say you won't release anything more. What happened to your promise of full transparency? Well, Well, I think we did. Let me tell you what happened. First of all, you're right. And thank you, Las Vegas, for the excellent medical care I got in the hospital two days. And I think the one area maybe the Mayor Bloomberg and I share, you have two stents as well. All right. 25 years ago. <laughs> well, we both have two stents. It's a procedure that is done about a million times a year. So we released the full report of that heart attack. Second of all, we released the full, my whole 29 years in the Capitol, the attending physician, all of my history, medical history. And furthermore, we released reports from two leading Vermont cardiologists who described my situation. And by the way, who said Bernie Sanders is more than able to deal with the stress and the vigor 
of being president of the United States. Hey, follow me around the campaign trail, three, four, five events a day. See how you're doing compared to me. Yeah, he's more than he's more than capable. You know, just the fact that he's that he's almost 79 makes me concerned concerned about that. But I look at a uh, President Trump who is uh 73 and I would put him against just about anybody. He sleeps less and works harder and never runs out of energy. He's obviously the energizer bunny uh or he's related to him. Um but let's talk about let's talk about some of the stuff that he said on medical care. Medical care uh a couple of couple of uh, times he made comments about the uh, the 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 drug companies made sixty nine million dollars in in profit and that that's not uh, acceptable. So uh, you know, think about this. There's these companies that have to hire these people out of college that spent I don't know a hundred thousand dollars getting an education so they understand chemistry and and medical stuff and they can they can actually uh, do microbiology and test test and create drugs that solve a myriad of different problems that that all of us Americans have. Oh, well, hey, I got high blood pressure. Okay, I got to take this. Okay, I got uh, diabetes. I got to take this. Oh, I've got type 2 diabetes. Oh, you got to take something different. Oh, wait, I got a heart murmur. Got to take this. Got to take, uh, I got a, a, a AFib, AFib, so a irregular heartbeat. Got to take this. I have a kidney disease. Got to take this. I got to have, a, you know, there's all these different things that people have. And then they're fighting cancer. They're fighting uh, AIDS are fighting, uh, whatever they're fighting. And, uh, there's all, and there's all kinds of different stuff that they're doing. So we have all these people that are highly educated, uh, by creating the guaranteed student loans, they put the push, the price of university skyrocketing high. And, uh, so all these student loans are out there, all this, these thousands of dollars have been paid for this. And then company has to call and uh, has to hire these people, put out the money to pay them while they're until they develop the drugs that they can sell in exchange for that, they're not allowed to make a profit. I think that's BS. I think uh, the reason that America is as great as it is is because we have the free market capitalist, capitalist system and people see an opportunity to create something that will help people, and they do, and they get, and they get paid for it because that's what motivates. Uh, anyway, the other, other bickering couple uh, of the night was Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar, fueled by the Telemundo moderators, asking Amy why she couldn't name the, the president of Mexico. Mayor Pete saw an, an opening, and he took it. You're on the committee that oversees border security. You're on the committee that does trade. You're literally in uh, part of the committee that's overseeing these things. And we're not able to speak to literally the first thing about the politics of the country you, to ourselves. Are you trying to say that I'm dumb or are you mocking me here, Pete? I'm I saying that you said shouldn't trivialize I made that, no. an error. People sometimes forget names. I am the one that has, number one, has the experience based on passing over 100 bills. If I could respond, this was a pretty big Quickly, allegation. Please. He's basically saying that I don't have the experience to be president. I am the one, not you, that has won statewide in congressional district after congressional district. And I will say, when you tried in Indiana, Pete, to run, what happened to you? You lost by over 20 points to someone who later lost to my friend Joe Donnelly. So don't tell me about experience. What unites us here is we want to win. And I think we should put a proven winner in charge of the ticket. You voted to confirm the head of Customs and Border Protection under Trump, who was one of the architects of the family separation policy. You voted to make English the national language. 
Do you know the message that sends in as multilingual a state as Nevada to immigrants? Los sonidores hay que decir que este país es tu país también. I wish everyone was, was as perfect as you, Pete. Yeah, well, <clears throat> you know what? Everybody thinks they can be president because Trump came out of nowhere with no political experience and was able to win. The difference is he had accomplished a lot and he did and he didn't. Uh, everything he touched didn't turn to gold. He made a lot of mistakes in the past, and he made it. And he made a lot of good moves, and he was proven and gained wisdom from it. Who we haven't heard from? Uh, who haven't we heard from yet? He's the guy who barely got a word in all night because nobody's voting for him, and finally the media stopped pretending he's the front runner. Uh, but at least uh, he got to chime in at the end uh, of everyone insulting each other's health care plans. There's a powerful American majority ready to undertake the biggest, most progressive reform we've had in healthcare in 50 years, just so long as we don't force it on anybody. What is wrong with that? Can I respond to that? Uh, Mayor Buttigieg really has a slogan that was thought up by his consultants to paper over a thin version of a plan that would leave millions of people unable to afford their health care. It's not a plan, it's a PowerPoint. And Amy's plan is even less. It's like a post-it note, insert plan here. My plan is a public option. And according to all the studies out there, it would reduce premiums uh, for 12 million people immediately. It would expand coverage for about that same number. It is a significant thing. It is what Barack Obama wanted to do from the very beginning. has started very much, uh, has a good start, but instead of expanding and bringing in more people to help, uh, instead his campaign relentlessly attacks everyone who asks a question or tries to fill in details about how to actually make this work. Somehow or another, Canada can provide universal health care to all their people at half the cost. UK can do it, France can do it, Germany can do it, all of Europe can do it. Gee whiz, somehow or another, we are the only major country on earth that can't do it. Why is that? I'm the only one on this stage that's actually got anything done on health care. Okay? I'm the guy the president turned to and said, go get the votes for Obamacare. Yeah, that was a little thing that Joe Biden had to say. He didn't have much else to say. You know, my, my, my summary, my conclusion after this whole debate reminded me of a scene from Vertical Limit. 100,000 sperm, and uh, you were the fastest. <laughs> is, that the, is this the best the Democrats have? It's pretty, uh, it's pretty entertaining anyway this time. Hey, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, Branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, Able Housing Opportunity.